When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Bold, reverent, and occasionally random, the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast starts now. So I stumbled across this over the weekend, my wedding weekend, uh, which was great. Thank you for all the well wishes, by the way. So many of you, I, I appreciate thousands and thousands of people saying congratulations. Thank you all. I love you all. I'm trying to write back to as many as I can, but it's uh, it's been an overwhelming outpouring of support. Thank you for that. Um, uh, but I, I have some words of wisdom here from Clay's own hometown, actually. From Clay's home state of Tennessee, from his city of Nashville. One of my favorite comedians these days on the scene. And he doesn't curse it's not all, you know, profane, crazy stuff. It, it, it's You can take your family to see him, anybody. Take your grandparents, your kids. He's really funny, is Nashville favorite, Nate Bargatze. And he just had some words here. Maybe think of Clay. Play it. 43. You still think you're young. I, I have this jacket on, and there's... I'll hang out with a 23-year-old, and I'm like, you get it, dude. We're just a couple young dudes kicking it. Some guy will walk up. He's like, I'm 45. I'm like, why don't you beat it, old man? I can't believe that guy had the nerve to think he was our age, right, dude? That's crazy. Let's go sit down for a little bit. So, so I'm 41 and Clay's 43 or 44. So this this hit home right away. I'm looking at the 20 something. I'm like, yeah, you know, you're young like me, not like that old man Clay Travis. <laughs> Nate Bargatze's really, really funny. Uh, he's a friend. We're the exact same age uh, from Nashville and grew up in a time when, for those of you out there who have been to Nashville recently, Nashville's like Las Vegas now. You know, it's it's always on. It's always crazy. And back in the day, it was a lot sleepier of a town. 
And so uh, Nate, Nate is really funny, but a lot of his jokes about growing up literally are the experience that I had, right? Like, I mean, it's very rare that you have somebody who's also in media in some way. And obviously he's different comedy. I'm sports in this show and everything else. But we have the exact same youth experiences, basically. Yeah. And uh, and he's great. I think he has a new Netflix special. High, highly recommend it. Uh, he's a, he's just a really good, funny comedian. You know, he he just goes and he makes clever jokes to make people laugh and make them feel good. It's really nice when a comedian does that. No, he's fantastic. Um, And he's right. I'm going to be at the Super Bowl and I'm going to be like, oh, there's all, all these old guys. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck. And at first I was looking forward to my uh, The Last of Us, which is this show that is re- very popular. People it's become, love it. It's become one of those it shows right now. Uh, it's based on a video game, which I may or may not have played to completion years ago, um, all the way through. But uh, it's based on a video game, and it's become a very popular show. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those video games that they spent, I don't even know how much. I think it sold almost a billion dollars worth of uh, of product around, around the world. It was an enormously successful. But you, you would recommend this show. Like it, it is like people seem to love it. I like it. Look, it, I'll say this. If you like The Walking Dead, which is a lot of our people, a lot of our audience, which I also liked, I, I fell off. It got a little too violent and nihilistic for me toward the end. Um, the la- you know, toward the ever knows what I'm talking about. The guy with the bat, Negan, uh, I think is his name, the whole thing. But anyway, if you like The Walking Dead, you'll like this show. So I'm watching it. I'm trying to watch uh, The Last of Us. It's fascinating because the uh, most recent episode, I didn't see, I didn't get through all of last night's, the newest one, but I, the week before, the entire episode, the entire episode was uh, devoted to a uh, a gay love story. It was yeah. about two guys who are surviving the apocalypse together, and you know, Jeff Bezos uh, tweeted about it, everything else, and people were, oh, it was, it was very beautiful, Elon very Musk moving. Loves it. I mean, it's bringing a lot of people like, are it, like, this thing's awesome. Right. What I thought was interesting, though, is that the New York Times response to this a few days ago was in the opinion section. One of their authors wrote, The Last of Us is a very conservative show, <laughs> to which I'm like, so the show that just had a an entire hour. And by the way, none of the rest of the show is like about some ro- romantic love story. It's about fungus zombies eating people's faces. I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty silly, pretty silly stuff. The whole show is about Nick Offerman, uh, who played. Uh, famously and and incredibly in my to my mind, I think he was amazing as Ron Swanson in the show Parks and Recreation, which I can also recommend. But skip to season two, just skip season one altogether if you haven't seen it. Uh, Nick Offerman plays this guy. Anyway, they say it's very conservative because it's about guns and surviving the apocalypse and the pandemic authorities, and it's like okay, they just did a whole episode about you know two two gay guys in love, and and we're being told that this is the most conservative show imaginable. Whatever. Put that aside. You're just getting used to, um, I, you know, you're getting used to all this content having to be woke in some way uh, all the time. And I wouldn't even argue necessarily that this, because it does actually come from the video game. I'm not even saying that the gay love story is necessarily woke, but you just expect the wokeness to be judged in everything. You can't escape it, right? You can't make a show w- without the columnists weighing in and saying, oh, but is this woke enough or not so woke or whatever? Everything is seen through the political lens. And so I was looking for something else, and sure enough, I see an advertisement on Hulu Clay for the 1619 Project show, which is out there now. So I, I thought this would be an interesting opportunity for us. First of all, here's we have a, a short clip from 
the trailer for the 1619 Project TV show. And here's just a, a, a sampling of it. The truth is, black Americans have always been foundational to the idea of American freedom. Democracy is a fight. It will always be a fight. You are calling for reparations. What is the total that would be owed? $14 trillion. That's a big number. Yeah. Big debt, though. It is a big debt. There's a guy calling for reparations there. Just, you know, $13 trillion. Thirteen trillion with a T should cover. This isn't the trailer for for the series. It's remarkable when you see. So I've I've read the sixteen nineteen project essays. I have not seen the series. To be fair, but you know Clay, a lot of people have come in with, including from the from the left, left uh, you know what would be considered left or liberal academics historians have said that there's a lot of problems with the way the sixteen nineteen project is presented. I mean, the biggest one that I always think of is. Uh, the notion that the American Revolution was fought as a defense of slavery. Historians have just the American, not the Civil War about slave, the American Revolution against the British was to create a, quote, slaveocracy, which is in the uh, the founding essay of the 1619 Project uh, as a central concept. And it is just historically ignorant. It is not true that that is actually what was happening. Yeah, it, it, that's what frustrates me the most about it. And and this has gotten its tendrils into uh, the larger historiography, which I had never even heard that word until I was a history major in college. And historiography is basically the study of how we study history, uh, as opposed to just history itself and what stories are told and which stories we choose to focus on and all of those uh, aspects of history. And the, the Babylon Bee actually had a great story that said, and I'm paraphrasing here, and Babylon B certainly is like a, a conservative version of The Onion. Our friend Seth Dillon, who's a really smart, funny guy, but it, it, it essentially said, you know, reparations are owed to every person who's ever lived because everyone's ancestors were slaves at some time. And this is the essence of why the 1619 Project is fundamentally flawed because it focuses only, Buck, on the 80 years that slavery was legal in the United States as an independent nation, 1783 to 1863, as if it is the fundamental guiding tenet of America itself. And obviously, 1619 refers to the first year that enslaved Africans arrived in the United States. But it is such a myopic version of United States history that is trying to destroy the idea of America as a fundamentally good country. That's the essence of it. I mean, it, when you read through the 1619 Project, and I'm trying to convince, do I want to spend the time, the hours to watch the show, to do a critique of it? That's, a, you know, reading, fine. I'll read anything to critique it. Watching, because I also feel like I'm supporting, you know, I'm another, and it's true of reading as well, I get it. I get it but, you know, I just, I can't really get my head around, I'm going to watch something that I, I'm just doing it to uh, to be able to critique it because I know I'm not going to agree because I've read the essay. It's not like I'm taking a shot in the dark here out of, you know, out of nowhere. Um, I've read the essays um, and, and I can say this. I mean, one thing that's entirely missing from the 1619 Project and the reason this matters so much is that everyone needs to remember this is being used as a uh, as essentially a program of historical indoctrination in schools now. So children are being taught the 1619 Project as history and there are enormous problems and shortcomings with it as history 
even apart from the obvious politicization and, you know, you go from slavery, horrible, really bad, totally true, to all of a sudden it fast forwards to the BLM movement. And you go, wait, well, what's the and they're, they're creating <laughs> present. Yeah. No, that they really. Yeah, you know, no, I mean, that's it, the it goal. goes through. Yes. It goes through the, the history. You know, you're talking about and what, you know, in one essay, it'll be describing what's going on in, you know, the 1770s. And then all of a sudden it's uh, there's photos of people doing, you know, BLM stuff. And you're saying, wait, wait a second, BLM protests. And so there, there's it's explicitly political, but they leave out things like slavery had existed, as we know, for thousands of years all over the world, that it was a constant in the human condition, that whether it's ancient Rome or the uh, or the, the Jews in Egypt or uh, white Christians being uh, grabbed by Muslim corsairs or the Barbary pirates. And that occurred all over the coast of Europe. Uh, for hundreds of years to I mean, find me a society historically that had power and I'll find you a society essentially that had slaves. That was the that was the truism of human history. And the first time that there was a recognition of this as morally wrong, not not a question of we don't have the power to do this or it's not in our interest right now. But this is morally wrong. And the birthplace of a real abolition movement was within the United States. This is entirely left out of the context of the 1619 Project. Um, it's fascinating to see how the 1619 Project jumps around from the British are kind of the good guys in this because they abolish slavery before the United States does. But it's more complicated than that. First of all, they didn't abolish slavery in their possessions in the Caribbean until I think it was the 1830s. They also uh, and, and, you know, they, they talk about the transatlantic slave trade. And this is all supposed to be visited upon America, Brazil, South America, uh, Central America, the Caribbean, there was there was slave importation going on to every country to our to our south. That was a, a reality as well. Uh, the first slaves were brought here, as we know, by port. Well, they were taken from Portuguese slave traders in West Africa and then given to English English pirates who then sold them to colonists here in America. But the there are substantial historical shortcomings. The British not only did they not b- abolish slavery in, in their Caribbean colonies till the 1830s, Clay, uh, they were going to support the Confederacy. Yeah, during the Civil War. Yeah, which I so so the British are the good guys during the Revolution because they were the ones trying to end slavery. But then the British are going to fight with the Confederacy. They didn't, but they they were supporting the Confederacy to preserve slavery. So it's just there, there's a a a total lack of honesty in the project that comes across in very important ways. Yeah, and anytime you focus exclusively on one part of uh, the story. I mean, we talked about this recently, but there's very little attention paid to you know the 600,000 white people who died in the Civil War, right? Um, almost everyone, at least if you had people who were in the United States in the 1860s, ancestors, you would have had either northern or southern soldiers who died in your in your past. I mean, I used as an example, I certainly did because some of my ancestors are from the south but a lot of them are from kentucky and kentucky obviously was a border state where some people fought on both sides um one of my ancestors died fighting hand-to-hand combat with nathan bedford Forrest as a uh, union cavalry soldier now i also had southern uh uh confederate uh background but how do you balance out that like literally having someone who is your one of your ancestors dying in a civil war on the side of the north kind of seems like a significant factor in how much responsibility 
uh, you're going to be assessed, right? And and the big the, issue I, here is none of us did anything wrong, right? Like none of right. us. Have I mean, this done, also was in the past. And yes, holding holding people you know responsible today for what people did who have been long since dead, I think is is obviously immoral. But that's part of the whole project here is to make this the problem of everybody living today and to demand thirteen trillion dollars trillion of reparations. I mean, I, I could sit here just we we could do maybe we should at some point just a whole breaking down the areas where there's just a, an intentional editorial decision made to omit things that are not, and this is being taught to your kids, everybody, so this matters. They're using this in schools. You know, when they say that the revolution was fought to defend slavery, which is the explicit, explicit uh, contention in the in the foundational essay by uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones uh, of the 1619 Project, there is no mention of the fact that about 10% of those who fought against the British on the side of the colonists of the revolution were black. Yeah. It's kind Many of, of them were joining up to fight alongside the rest of the colonists. No, no, no discussion. There is mention of Crispus Attucks, who was the first person they say who died in the revolutionary. It was actually, I believe at the, uh, uh, the, uh, Boston, Boston massacre. massacre. Yeah. Um, uh, so, but there were freed, there were freedmen who signed up to fight alongside the Americans. I mean, at the time, the, the colonists, a substantial number of them in the revolution, which which was something that you would have you would think that there would have to be some dealing dealing with this. And just also the fundamental premise that the Constitution and the founding was a lie when it was written, which is something that's repeated frequently in the 1619 project. When Frederick Douglass said, no, it was genius. It was brilliance. We just had to fight to make it so. You know, the, the, the decision not to throw out the founding as something that was a lie, uh, but to understand the founding as something that was remarkable in human history as setting in motion the greatest country that, that ever lived. So anyway, I, I just, our democracy's ideals were false when they were written. That is the, uh, that is the line from the 1619 Project, and I just think that's uh, troublesome for people to get a very one-sided view of American history. There are a lot of troubling facts in the 1619 Project that people should know, there's a lot of history that is good and people do need to understand, but there are a lot of things, Clay, that are taken, you know, as you brought up, brought up. Civil War was half a million, 600,000 people died in the Civil War to end the institution of slavery. That would seem to be something that might want to work more into the uh, analysis here of, of exactly who was willing to do what to end this institution. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. 
If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Sundays with Clay and Buck. You know, there are a lot of things that are being smuggled across the U.S.-Mexico border. Very, very serious things, as we know. We talk about it here a lot. The border is wide open. But this was not one of the things that I expected we would have to think of as now being smuggled in from Mexico. Eggs. (laughs) I don't mean eggs full of cocaine. I don't mean eggs like plastic eggs that are stuffed with little baggies of heroin. I mean chicken eggs that you would use for any number of delicious meals i'm personally i'm a big scrambled eggs guy clay i do make amazing scrambled eggs when you come and stay with carried me sometimes do you eat eggs you're not an egg guy i'm fine with eggs although i was stunned how much eggs get consumed uh in general like i'm not anti um in in the new york Times. i mean sorry in the uh, wall street journal they had an article about the average american eats 28 pounds of eggs a year Eggs are a base protein for America for the American diet. And by the way, a very good all that stuff you heard about eggs are bad for you. Limit the number. That's nonsense. Everyone's realized this now who actually pays attention to nutrition in the studies. Eggs are a superfood. They are phenomenal for you overall. Eating eggs, a great source of protein, a lot of other things in that are really good for you. Eggs and chicken, I think, are our are, are foundation uh, in our diets, in the Western diet, American diet. That's our foundational protein. And eggs have gotten really expensive. I had I, I mentioned this on the show because I eat eggs every day. So I'm one of those. I'm, I'm one of those Americans. I probably eat, you know, more than 28 pounds of eggs a year. Um, but, you know, the problem, Clay, I have is I, I'll, I'll put like goat cheese and cheddar and throw some bacon bits in there. You know, I, I, I go full fat kid with my eggs. I should if I just had the eggs, that's super, super healthy. But U.S. Customs and Border Protection says that egg seizures, because you're not supposed to just bring, you know, you know all that stuff, or you bring any fruits or vegetables yeah. or, or, you know, meat or poultry products with you. They have, egg seizures have risen 91% in El Paso, 
333% in Tucson, 368% in San Diego. So this is, I mean, there are a lot of people trying to sneak eggs across the border. I mean, you have to wonder how long is it before people are flying drones with eggs and doing some of the cartel things that they do. Maybe a, a tunnel underground under the border with, you know, eggs being uh, sent from one side to the other. Um and, and I, I also you told me this. I didn't realize this. You know, in my neighborhood uh, down here in, in in South Florida, there actually are neighborhood chickens. Yeah, there there are chickens just wandering the neighborhood, which I had not. That's not something I. When I'm back up in New York City, I, I don't experience that. Um, well, down so, here, you have you have neighbor chicken. More and more people want to have chickens so they can have their own eggs. So. This is wild. Uh, the, the Wall Street Journal actually had a front page about this, about how much the price of chickens have gone up. So a ton of people are, to your point, buying their own chickens to raise them so they can get eggs. They've actually sold out all over the country of chickens. Like, you can't buy them. And this Wall Street Journal article says Tractor Supply Co. is the industry's biggest seller of chickens. It's more than doubled its live chicken business since 2018. They expect Buck to sell 11 million chicks this year. And a lot of people are buying their own little chickens and then raising them. And they you can't even get chickens now. They're saying they're out basically out of stock because there is such a shortage. Because people have said, oh, eggs are so expensive now. I'm going to raise chickens and get my own natural eggs. You can't even buy them now. Because there's such a shortage because they've gotten so popular. You know, I, I've been to Tractor Supply many times because my when we would go visit my grandparents in the Hudson Valley in New York, they lived in a farm area. It was They were bordered by farms. I mean, it was all farms, and then they, they had this plot of land that they built a house on uh, as a, a place to go in the summers. And uh, I, I just remember we would go into Tractor Supply with my mom and dad when I was, we were a kid, when I was a kid, and the little yellow chicks... They are really cute. So they're they're selling. They have like a little bin of these yellow chicks, and you're like, I could take one of these home. But my parents would, of course, always remind us they then grow into chickens that poop and peck, and you know have needs. Create a big you know? problems. You know, it's kind of like when you get your kid a a little tiny adorable fit in your hand bunny rabbit for Easter. That little rabbit's gonna live like eight to ten years, and it's gonna grow into a big rabbit that's gonna have big rabbit needs. Um, but if you're doing this for for the uh, for the eggs, I, I can imagine that for a lot of people um, financially, it feels like that makes especially because, you know, right. You have miracle of life. You have some chickens. Some of the eggs can be fertilized. You have more chickens and then you can produce all your own eggs. And maybe you can sort of sell eggs to some of your neighbors until the FBI probably comes after you for illicit egg sales. But, you know, this is what happens. Well, you also have to be careful because then you have a chicken coop and then there are all sorts of animals trying to raid the chicken coop. So you have to protect the chicken coop. It turns into a big investment. The, the Wall Street Journal story says it costs you about $600 to get to the point where you can have chickens raising eggs when you factor in the cost of a coop, when you factor in all the feed that you're going to have to, not to mention the time. But so you're making a $600 investment. When I was a kid, Buck, one of the uh, most popular little places at Opryland which was maybe the worst decision made in the history of the city of Nashville to allow this amusement park, country music-themed amusement park, to get shut down and replaced with a mall that nobody cares about. But they had a uh, chicken area where you could go watch all the baby chicks being born. And, you know, they had, it was a, they had like a farmland area or whatever. 
And I just remember how intoxicating and hypnotizing in many ways it was as a little kid to get to sit there and watch all of the chickens being born coming out of the eggs. So uh, I imagine there are a lot of parents out there that have done this chicken coop thing, not only for the purposes of, hey, we can have fresh organic eggs that we're creating on our own, but also to show the kids uh, how much fun it can be to, uh, to create kind of this, uh, this little chicken coop. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families since 9-11. These are our first responders and service members who serve our communities and our country or those who die in the line of duty or are severely injured. And our veterans who fought for our nation's freedoms only to return home, fall on tough times, and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Arno was killed while protecting his community, battling a warehouse fire. He left behind his wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel the Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free home. The foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home where they made memories with their hero. Join Tunnel the Towers on its mission to do good. Support the families of America's greatest heroes, the families of fallen first responders like Jason Arno, plus Gold Star families with young kids, severely injured service members, and homeless veterans. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams, offering over 330 academic programs as of September 2023. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer.